You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
Welcome to a new episode of the Unsolicited Opinion Metal Podcast. That was The Oath by Wolf King from the album The Path of Wrath. And for this episode, I want to welcome Monica Strutt, singer of the band The Last Martyr, host of the Being in a Band podcast, also part of the Daily Music Business Podcast group and overall music marketing guru. How are you doing, Monica? I am really, really well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for accepting. I have to say, and, and I was telling you this earlier, I think I'm, I'm trying to break any, some type of record where I wake up the earliest to make an interview. Uh, it's 4.30 in the morning right now. So if you hear my voice a little bit lower than any other episode, it's because I just basically woke up. So. <laughs> I am so impressed. And do you know what I love as well? I mean, no metalhead should wake up this early unless they've been up all night. So this is like a very unique thing. But if you need any proof that Wes is actually awake at 4.30, if you listen carefully, you can actually hear roosters in the background of your audio. So I love that. Yeah, you'll hear roosters and like weird birds that we have here in the morning in Puerto Rico. So that's going to happen throughout the whole episode. And uh, unofficially, this is the, the Sioux episode. We might hear cats, dogs, roosters. It's going to be yeah, a fun one. A lot of loud animals <laughs> happening on both ends of the call. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Monica, thank you so much for being here. Um, I, I, I think, and it seems that in order to be successful in the mu modern music industry, you have to be able like to wear many hats, right? So in your case, you're a musician, a podcaster, marketer, you give advice and help to other bands uh, to shape their own marketing ways, right? So tell us about how and when you realize that this is actually what you wanted to do. So I've always wanted to be in the entertainment industry forever. To me, there's no other industry that I ever wanted to be in as a child and as an adult. So it's something I've been working towards for a long time. But I think when I realized I wanted to be more of an entrepreneur as opposed to just a musician, I mean, I believe that all musicians are entrepreneurs because as you said, you do have to wear many hats. But in terms of um, the way that I could generate income to fund uh, not only my music career, but my basic living expenses, I realized that I wanted to start my own business when I was in a corporate role back in my hometown of Sydney. And I was working there for six years and it was really unfulfilling. And I was very, very unhappy in that corporate job. And I felt like I was almost living a double life. So I'd been working in this job where I just really, really hated going into work every day. And I was starting to feel a bit depressed actually. And then my band that I was in, that I'd been working in for six years actually broke up. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to feel about staying in this job another six years and building up a new band. So I was like, there has to be a way that I can create the lifestyle that I want now, this freedom lifestyle, a more flexible lifestyle, creative as a musician. How can I create that now before, you know, whilst building up another band to the point where that band is making a profit because we all know that musicians and bands don't make a profit straight away. It does take a few years. Right. So that's when I decided to go into business and teach uh, bands and musicians the skills that I'd learned along the way as a music journalist because I was doing that on the side and also as a digital marketer how can I teach bands those skills and 
essentially work for myself. And as of actually last week, I'm officially 100% self-employed. Um, awesome. I, ha- yeah, I'm just um, finishing up next week my current part-time role that I've been holding on to is the safety net. And um, I'm announcing um, a a contract job that I'm going to be doing very soon within the music industry and also going full-time into my consulting, which is very exciting. That's awesome. And congratulations. It's it's awesome when, when, when we actually get to reach that point, right? After so much suffering in this corporate jobs, because we have, because we have to do them we need to survive. So, you know, being able to do and step into this specific role now, it's super exciting. So congrats for that. Thank you so much. Yeah. It feels crazy. Like, yeah, I can't believe that I'm here. Yeah. I saw the stories and uh, I, 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 I share the feeling because I actually quit my job like two months ago. Uh, oh just my to, gosh. Yeah. I, I understand. So I, right now I'm doing basically the same thing and I'm, I'm obviously working with Matt, uh, a dropout media and, being able to to pretty much do the same thing, you know, give advice and help ants and and share the knowledge. Uh, and, and this is something I want to ask you about because I, mo- most of the things I share is because of past mistakes or you know stuff that you stumble upon and then you you fail and then you learn from them and then when you come back from them you come back stronger and that actually usually helps, right? Whenever you learn from those mistakes, so. Um, do, do you feel the same way? Was it, was it something that, you know, in your earlier music career, you stumbled upon yourself, you know, with different stuff, tough stuff, tough situations that said that, that helped you and, and, and taught you about, you know, moving forward, yeah. I need to do things differently. Yes. Um, that is such an interesting question. And there's so many mistakes that come to mind and mistakes are definitely how we grow. We do have to make them in order to progress. So, I mean, I, I don't believe, I mean, I try not to believe that anything has failed. It's only a lesson, but I think some of the biggest things, I mean, first of all, that band that I was in for six years, so much of my personal identity was wrapped up in that band. I had no plan B. And for me, my self-worth was very much tied into that band. I was like Monica Strutt, the singer of Vanity Riots, and we weren't a big band, but we were trying to be. Um, And so when that band broke up, I didn't have any hobbies outside or any passions outside of the band. And because of, you know, as a musician, as you probably know, there's a lot of sacrifices. So my friendship group was, it wasn't small, but I, you know, I only had just a couple of very close friends and yeah, like I just really had, it was kind of like all the buildings around me were like burned down and I had to kind of start again. So I did make a promise to myself that even though I'm so, so passionate about my current band, The Last Martyr, that that is not how I determine my self-worth and that's not the whole of my identity. I'm not only a vocalist, but I'm also a business person and I'm also, you know, someone's girlfriend and daughter and my self-worth isn't tied into um, just being a member of a musical project because everyone has multiple different sides to themselves. And I think that that's really important. For sure. And and, and that's something that some, sometimes people that are not involved or around the, the industry or, you know, being a musician or, or, or in the business aspect, they, they don't understand. So whenever you're very passionate about your projects, you know, you tend to sometimes kind of lose, lose this, this relationships in a way. 
I, I know for a fact that in my case, I've, I've been in that same spot where, you know, I just get too involved in my bands and my projects and just forget about it, everyone else. And then when I'm done, I'm like, okay, now what? And then everyone obviously moved on with their lives. So, you know, it's a kind of a lonely place, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the process, right? Because it, yeah, you have to grind as a musician, right? It's so true. And I do believe that those sacrifices are necessary. And it's, I don't know, as musicians and music lovers, like we're kind of a different breed. I think that there's like a little bit of obsession that comes along with being an artist of any kind, actually. And that's okay. In fact, um, my like psychologist um, that I have, she actually did her uh, thesis on musicians and she was explaining to me, and I want to ask her more about it, actually. I wonder if she'd come on the podcast. (laughs) But she actually was saying that it's kind of like you get those blinders on and you can't see anything else outside of the music and I I do believe that that's kind of necessary to create good art but there's moments where you have to step back I like even just last weekend it was my boyfriend and my my uh, four-year anniversary together and um, thank you (laughs) and we had planned to go away and only for one night so two days and one night and I um, have been feeling really passionate about my work and you know on the Friday before we were due to leave I was you know working on a new Uh, working on this new membership platform that I'm about to launch and just enjoying myself so much that I was like, oh, do I have to go on holidays? I just want to keep working. (laughs) I mean, once, I mean, of course, like I don't want to let him down. So I went away anyway. And once I was there and snapped out of the zone, like I realized how much I needed to get away. Um, So yes, it's, you got to find that balance um, even when it's hard to pull yourself away from work sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And, and, there's something interesting that just came up to my mind where um, a couple of months ago, I actually went on Facebook and asked everyone, how would you, how, up, up to what point do you allow to, not bad things, but, you know, experiences that are somehow going to affect you in a, in a negative way? How do you let, how, up to what point do you let them happen in order to impact your artistry? And I actually had a lot of very interesting question, uh, answers for that. Um, mm where you know no one actually said yes i am aware that this is something bad and i'm just and i can't resolve it but i'm just gonna let it pass because i'm going to make good music or a good song out of it but everyone was like okay yeah obviously uh this type of of situations does do inspire us to make new stuff and new art and i think work it's the same way right whenever we're like super into everything that we're doing in my case it it happens that way where right now i'm in three bands but i'm also doing the whole marketing thing and i'm doing the podcast and i'm doing all all this stuff and and it gets to a point where that's stress even though i love it but it, it does impact the way i create music usually music are it's a little bit more aggressive and in the angrier side because i'm just letting everything go. So do you use that that fuel in the same way whenever you're creating music as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as an artist, uh, music's our creative outlet. So whenever we are going through something uh, or whenever we're inspired, it's a good way to channel whatever we're going through. And for me, I've been writing songs since I was 12 years old, even before I thought about becoming a vocalist or in a band because, you know, my parents went through this like really messy divorce and writing lyrics and poems, that was the way that I could cope. It just came very naturally. So I think um, 
music's like a great way to process things, even if you're just doing it for fun, just for your own sake. And, you know, for some people, they turn to sport or physical activity to kind of clear their mind and process things. And for other people, it may be, you know, painting or it may be, I don't know, something else um, that they enjoy. So, um, but it's interesting that uh, you polled your audience on that because when I was younger, I used to think that I used to have to purposefully, because I always used music as an outlet mostly for negative emotions. Uh, Mm -hmm. When I was happy, I didn't really feel like writing. I was just enjoying my life. I thought that in order to be the best artist that I could be, I had to purposefully put myself into negative situations. So I ended up like dating guys that were like completely wrong and toxic. But like at the same time, I kind of loved it because I was like, ooh, this is really good song content, like (laughs) songwriting content. Yeah. I don't recommend. Honestly, there's enough like negative stuff happening in the world and that's naturally going to come up without intentionally Mm -hmm. putting yourself in those situations. So I think that that's important to note as well. Yeah, I, that, that that was literally that was the general consensus where, you know, don't don't put yourself towards like if you know and, uh, and identify that something bad is going to happen, just don't let it happen. If you have the tools to make it go the other way, because, you know, it's not mentally it's not healthy, but I, I, I found it I found it very interesting because I actually let some discussions happen with with people because I knew that after that I'm, I was going to feel in one certain way and then I was going to be ready to write. And I actually did the experiment and, and it worked, but mm. it's definitely not something that's healthy, you know? Yeah. I mean, everyone knows their own boundaries. So um, I guess like, I don't know, the things that we do for art, like it's just right. crazy, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I, I just know I'm not going to go for it through it again. I'll yeah, just, yeah, fair I'll enough. Just, you know, if, if life just presents it and, and makes makes it happen again, then I'll be like, okay, I guess I can sit down and write a song now. But I'm not going to be like, okay, I know I'm going to argue with this person. I'm just going to let it happen, and then I'm yep. going to start worrying. No, that's not going to happen anymore. Yes, yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, so moving moving a little bit more in the topic of live shows and and obviously what's what we're expecting that 2021 will become. Um, particularly in, in Australia, shows are starting to happen. To happen, and and so, twenty twenty one looks a little bit brighter in that sense. What do you think are going to be the challenges that we'll be facing moving forward before we go back to normal? And and I ask this in the perspective of what's going on right now over there, as far as live shows and how people are actually responding to these after a whole year of catastrophe. Absolutely. There's a couple of different things. I mean, one of the, um, I guess, one of the, the the challenges that touring bands are facing here in Australia, and I do count ourselves very lucky at the moment because I know that, you know, in places like America and the UK, um, shows are still uh not really a good idea um, until mm-hmm. the vaccine rolls out. So I'm, I feel very blessed that at least our live music started to come back end of last year, which is amazing, but it's still not at full capacity. So one of the main challenges is that because we have to have social distancing, um, 
first of all, uh, a lot of the shows are actually sitting down. So if you can imagine a hardcore band up on stage and (laughs) telling everyone, yeah, yeah, telling everyone to get into the music with their butts on seats, like that's really hard to, I guess, like as a performer and also as an audience member to feel the same energy of that live show. Um, So that's one of the things. Um, And the second thing is the profitability. So because um, a lot of venues are at half capacity, um, it means that for the bands that are touring, they can't make as much money off tickets. And it means that they've got less budget to pay supports and um, to feed back into the industry by way of paying supports. Um, and also their tours are less profitable. So they hopefully can make up for some of that in merch. But again, not having as many people in the room means less merch sales as well. So it's um, fantastic that the borders are open now because we had border closures between all our states. So we couldn't travel interstate. Um, so it meant there was no tours, only local shows and mostly seated shows. Uh, but now the borders are open. Um, but yeah, the profitability is, um, it is not as good as what it would be normally. And, and for the audience, in order for them to actually attend the show, because there, there's some rumors or some speculations about, uh, over there, over in, in, in the United States where, um, they are, thinking about asking people for proof of the of the vaccine or just a negative proof that they don't have the, the virus how, how exactly is it working as far as to controlling that aspect uh, in the shows yeah so um, we don't have anything like that here um, because our situation's a little bit different we don't I don't know what the latest stats are I, I don't believe that we have any COVID cases at the moment at least not in Victoria uh, if we do it's less than five so it's not necessary even though we are still going to get the vaccine because Australians love to travel right we tr- we mm-hmm. live on an island so we love yeah. to travel all over the world so I think for us um, because the Australian borders are closed. We're not open up to overseas unless you're a resident um, or unless there's like a special circumstance and then you have to uh, quarantine in a hotel for two weeks and it's really strict. Um, So we probably won't, for shows at least, require proof that uh, we've had the vaccine unless maybe it gets to the point where we then allow our international borders to open and then we start having bands from other countries, other continents come in and play here. Maybe they will need to prove that they've had the vaccine. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's really hard to predict about at the moment because the international borders have been closed. We've sort of quarantined the whole country. And yeah. so um, we've just let any, uh, any cases with COVID kind of fade out um and yeah thankfully enough we we don't need to to do that but I think it's a good idea for um I think it's a good idea for the countries that are a little bit more affected yeah for sure and I, and I listened to you saying you know because I live in Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico is also an island and we're definitely far smaller than you are and, and I I haven't really seen anything about statistics recent statistics about it uh hopefully that means good news but yeah we, you know we still have to go through the whole situation and we haven't had actually 
we had like a couple of punk shows that are kind of happening because you know punk is way more underground and punk so let's make yeah. these shows happen right but uh uh as far as metal shows there's still it's still a little bit of a concern and you know particularly because of that because you know we're playing high energy music and play play it in front of audiences sitting down and i've had people sitting down for to to shows before it's kind of a weird horrible feeling you know how am i going to have that energy i need the energy from the audience in order for for me to be able to perform to to full capacity right so, yeah yeah and i think that with this stuff it's as as tough as it is because playing on stage is like the best thing in the world the yeah for the sacrifices that we make in the short term of not playing shows or not playing as many shows or having the capacity. Um, if we make these sacrifices now, the sooner that the, uh, like the back to normal music industry, sorry, the music industry could, could be back to normal. So it's like, as much as we want to play shows, I mean, there are other ways to earn an income, in a band, there's merch, there's Patreon, um, there's, you know, you can start a teaching business. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can make money as a musician and keep uh, the art alive. And I, I mean, I've got a list of like 50 social media content ideas. If anyone wants to send me a DM, I will literally send them just for free. I used to sell it as a product, but I'm happy to send it to you for free um, if that'll help make things a little bit easier in the short term so that we can go back to normal um, a lot quicker. Because if we try and like bend the rules and, and play shows too early before it's safe to do so, even if it seems safe, um, I just think that that's like, you're probably screwing the music industry over by being selfish in that way. That's yeah. like, I'm pretty, yeah, that's like as blunt as I can really say. So let's all like work together on this and let's like the quicker we can just work together and make the sacrifice now as tough as it is, like the quicker things can go back to normal and musicians can start touring again. For sure. For sure. And, and in, in your, in your case, cause um, you know, obviously, in a general sense, Australia is a, like a machine of creating new bands. You, you're listening to new bands pretty much all the time. How have you seen the movement during the whole pandemic stuff, right? Um, have you seen like a more activity from new bands? How are you seeing all bands? Uh, obviously, this has affected everyone in, in a lot of ways. Do you think it's going to be a little bit more you're going to have more activity as far as new bands and old bands actually working together or working on their own craft or are you go or is it going to be the same it's really interesting actually because it you're right like it has impacted so many different bands in different ways like for some bands I've seen so many bands break up and go on hiatus during this time and yeah. I've also seen so many bands uh launch and uh and kind of just come out of the woodwork I think a lot of music is going to come out of this time I mean 2020 most of us spend spent the most of the year indoors and most of us have uh some way to record remotely or at home um because of where we're so blessed to have you know technology nowadays and the internet so I think a lot of good music is going to come out of being written over 2020 and I think 2021 there's going to be some amazing amazing albums um, but, you know, just as you were asking the question, a band came to mind 
um, called Paperweight who are from Melbourne. They're a really great pop punk band and they just got signed to the biggest management company in Australia um, called Open Door Management and the owner, um, you know, one of the owners is the guitarist in North Lane, Josh. And um, the um, the other owner is Chris O'Brien, who is the head of Destroy All Lines and books a lot of the big festivals here. So he's like a major power player. Anyway, so this band, Paperweight, actually launched. They didn't exist prior to 2020. I think they launched there with a new single in March or April of 2020. And then, you know, obviously no shows were allowed. So they just went ham on their social media and they had luckily recorded new, like recorded music and were gearing up to launch at the end of 2019 and the start of 2020. So they, within seven months of launching new music and being consistent on socials, having never played a show, they just got signed to the biggest management agency in the country. And it was because, I mean, first up, um, they just had their strategy right and the music was great. And secondly, um, I think one of the bands that this management company actually represented, which were a female um, fronted pop band, uh, pop punk band, that uh, they broke up. So there was kind of room in their, in their roster. And I just think that that's amazing. The power of social media and the power of good music, because as I said, without ever having played a show within six months of this band launching six, seven months, they were signed to the, the biggest like management company in the country. I just think that that's like such a fantastic story. Yeah. And it's, it's all about taking opportunities from, from the negative stuff that's happening around us, right? Like not not get down from it and just take advantage of it somehow and just start working on your craft, start working on your social media. And then, you know, things happen. Whenever you work, and I, I always say it's 50% work and 50% luck, but it's going to be, you're going to be lucky depending on how hard you work, right? Because as good as you present yourself on social media and, and, and your work actually speaks for yourself, things are going to start happening. And if you start moving and start meeting the right people or just be in the right place at the right time, things are going to happen. Right. So. Yeah. I love the saying um, luck is preparation meeting opportunities. So being prepared um, as long as you're prepared, the right opportunity will come along, but you can't get that opportunity unless you're prepared. So um, yeah, I, I love that definition of luck. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I actually had that last year uh, during the pandemic where I randomly went into Twitter and and I, I want to say something real quick. Everyone who's listening, if you're in a band, please have a Twitter account. Twitter is like yes! <laughs> so good. You, I don't know. I, I really don't get why not a lot of bands are using Twitter. Anyway, um, I actually had my band was actually featured on a Adult Swim playlist because of Twitter. I randomly opened a twi- uh, Twitter and I saw that there was the creator of the playlist asking for independent bands that were affected by uh, COVID in 2020 and uh, to send the link. And I did. And, you know, we've seen these posts from a lot of people in the industry where, you know, A&Rs are, I ask, are asking, oh, can I hear your band? And uh, they just give you a small feedback and, and that's it. Not You're not actually gonna, going to get signed. And I've seen these I just sent my, the link and, you know, a, a month later, I received the email asking if we wanted to be, if we wanted to be part of this playlist. 
Adult Swim, which, you know, I love Rick and Morty, so I'm definitely a huge fan. So, and, and that and that happened because we were prepared. Our band camp looked good and and the music it was out there, you know, and it's all about work. It's all about, you know, again, being prepared for this kind of situations and then just taking advantage uh, out of them. And, yeah. and I think I think this is definitely uh, something to take. But please, please, bands, have a Twitter. That's yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. There's your, there's so many opportunities on, on Twitter and it, it's the place where a lot of music industry journalists and media outlets hang out. So come and chat with Wes and I, we'd love to uh, have some new Twitter friends to, to talk to. Let's get more musicians on there. For sure. I'm going to leave the link on the notes, the episode notes. So if anyone wants to uh, connect with us on Twitter, please, please do. <laughs> so, um, one and and this is something that uh, I want people to know to people people to know that the, the original reason why we're talking not only because Monica has a great presence and and a lot of great stuff happening on her socials but something in particular that I was really in, interesting into knowing her perspective into knowing your perspective is that I'm a huge King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard fan right so and I've been studying them uh, from a marketing and a mus in, in a, music perspective uh, as far as how the music is but mostly in the marketing aspect because i think they're machines uh being able to release 17 albums in 10 years plus the way they manage their socials how they interact with fans is something that i, I particularly think it's unique but but very smart um and I, I i think and they look like they've they're always 10 step ahead from everyone so being over there and and I'm not sure how familiar you are with, with the way they work as far as the marketing and how they present themselves everywhere. But what is your perspective about this? They are so interesting. And I have to preface everything by saying I'm not a huge fan. It's not that I don't like them. It's just I'm not so um, aware of their journey. I mean, of course, they're a pretty known band here, but um, you'd probably be more expert on me. But from what I do know, I mean, first of all, 17 albums in 10 years, like that is a <laughs> lot of content for any artist. I mean, usually it's like an album every two years or, or something like that. So they released um, three albums last year and a movie. <laughs> wow. I did not know that they released a movie. That's crazy. Yeah. And um, I, it's interesting because I, I don't know if you remember the um, the head honcho at Spotify was saying that in order to have more success, that bands and artists should be releasing more and more music, just as much music as possible. And that was quite shocking to hear because it's expensive to record and, you know, you don't want to just release crap. You want to release stuff that you're proud of. Right. But I think that they've really proved that it's possible to really pump out songs. And I think one of the, um, you know, why they've been able to do it so successfully is the fact that they have experimented with their sound. So yeah. um, they've done some heavier stuff and then some not so heavy stuff. Um, it's interesting because they've they've won an ARIA award. I think they've they've had like album of the year in the heavy category uh, twice. I think they've won an ARIA two times. Mm. So an ARIA is like our Grammys essentially. Um, and yeah. it's very controversial because they beat Parkway Drive and Polaris and the Amity Affliction, which people thought that those bands were robbed and they don't really 
see King Gizzard as a metal band. They're more sort of a rock band for modern metalheads. So it's a little bit controversial, but yeah. yeah what, what are your thoughts on their marketing? I'd love to know more about what you think makes them unique. So one of the things that, okay, so basically I discovered King Gizzard uh, in 2019 where when they released their metal album, uh, Infest the Rat's Nest. And um, before that, when I started listening to them, I was I was really hooked of their sound because of their sound because it sounds like motorhead like done by dudes that don't play metal and it sounds really cool but and then i had friends that told me hey but they released i think it was 2017 they released five albums in 2017 i was like wait how how is this oh possible God. and then i went back and, and just did a little bit of research and it was just a challenge for them for them to be able to like to release five albums and all these five albums are like they have their own complexity and really great production obviously inside of the genre and then after that i've i've, I've been i i actually signed up on their newsletter and, and if you receive their newsletter their emails are like not pretty at all but at the same time i need to read them it's like uh you remember when when did you had a myspace page yeah so you know it was like are these neon neon colors and, and weird like coding and stuff like that that's how their emails look you know and then have they have like pictures of their cats they're not talking about stuff that's serious but at the same time they are promoting stuff that they're doing and just having this approach to towards the fans where every member has their unique impact and the, the unique way of, of communicating and you can actually grasp that and every like for example I, i'm super blown away by their by their mailing campaign because Every, every new email is a new one of them. It's a different member who sends the email. And then Ambi, for example, Ambi, which is their keyboard player, he's definitely the one with the most eccentric uh, stuff. And they are constantly sharing new music. They're constantly, uh, uh, you know, supporting Australian artists as well. As far as, you know, I, I must assume people that are within their genre. And aside from that, like, you know, they released an album in December, I think it was, 2019, which I didn't know was the first part of, uh, well, actually the second part of a microtonal series of albums that they are releasing. The first one is my, the Flying Microtonal Banana, which I think was one of those albums that was released in 2017. And then they did KG, which was the first part, the second part, 2020. And then they did LW last month. And then I didn't know because they were like promoting new singles and, and stuff like that. And then out of nowhere, oh, we're going to release uh, LW next week. Like, what? Where? How do you guys have time to release <laughs> all these content? And then um, after that, they decided that they were going to like, actually the day before or two days before the release of the album, they were like, we're going to shoot a music video and we're going to edit it in 15 hours and we're going to release it tomorrow. And they did. And it's like that type of commitment. It's something that, you know, I, I physically, I just can't think that I, I'll, I'll be able to do it. But at the same time, it's just superb and super admirable. And I, I really, I, I, I can get my, I need to invite somehow. I need to get to talk. For these guys and just oh yeah that's definitely a bucket list in fact as you were talking i just quickly jumped on their website and signed up for gizzy mail 
Yes. Um, yes. I'm signing up to their newsletter straight away. I'm so excited. Like, that's really cool. Please just, just share your feedback. Whenever you receive the first email, just let me know what you think. Because I, I think it's, it, 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 and, and anyone who's listening, please sign up to the email, not because you're a fan. If you're interested in the whole marketing aspect of, of the music industry, just study King Gizzard. Because, and I'm not saying this as a fan, because I'm a, I, I can say that I'm a fanboy now. But marketing-wise, it's something completely out of the out of this world. And it's not that they're d- doing anything new; it's the amount of stuff they're they, they're doing every month. And I'm pretty sure they're going to release like a, I'm pretty sure they're going to release a, release at least one more album before the year is over. They're that wow. type of fan. Uh, so you and know. do you know have they got their own recording studio facilities? Yeah, as far as I know, and 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 I apologize to anyone that really knows more about this than I do. But as far as I know, uh, they actually won a prize a long time ago where they were able to invest that money into like actually create their own studio space. So basically, this is their only job, and obviously they they you know they have the time i'm pretty sure to produce as much as they do it and i and i know for a fact that not because king is a huge band they're right now they are seven members if i'm not mistaken or six so I'm, everyone has like their own time in the studio in their own ways uh but i'm pretty sure like not everyone is actually composing but at the same time everyone plays about four different instruments it's just a f- fucking phenomenal band where i don't understand how the stuff they how they, how they do it but it's just amazing um yeah so yeah i i invite you to study them because i think there's stuff that's it's really interesting like right now before i went to sleep uh last night i they uploaded a video of them creating like the vinyls for the for the new record and uh hopefully i'll be able to see them in october because they have their u.s shows still lined up for october so if they if they get to play that show i just want to see what they come up with because also the live shows are are like amazing entertainment uh you know options and they actually released like a live stream show last friday which if you haven't seen even if you're not a, band, uh, a fan i i encourage you to to see it because the first two sections of the video the live stream video it's like old timed old-fashioned uh commercials tv commercials but they are promoting their album and it's just amazing because they're not doing anything particularly new they're just grasping different stuff that are interesting and they're just making making them their own and it works and it's genius it's just amazing so i'm really impressed i'm looking at their website now and it looks like windows 2000 or something like that like it's so cool and um like i'm looking at this bootlegger section on their website and it, it is this is like a UX design nightmare. Like it is like completely poorly designed, <laughs> but it's like simple enough that it's fine. Um, and they have all these like bootleg things. You can download assets and it says, this is a torrent magnet link that will only work if you have a torrent client installed. I have no idea what that is. I just tried to download something. and <laughs> Obviously I don't have a torrent client, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> but, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm so glad that you brought this to my attention because for me, like I was just going off the music and it's, it's not, um, it's not like music that I personally naturally gravitate to or listen to, but, um, I like just from a marketing perspective and just like respect, you know, when there's these bands that you, you may not like the music, but you are like, wow, I really respect them. And I think that they're really doing some innovative stuff. I think that 
yeah, that's definitely how I feel about it. Yeah, for sure. And actually that bootleg thing, they, they went on Twitter and that said, they said like, anyone wants to like release some bootlegs, let us know, contact us. That was one random day. And then they received like, uh, they actually said they received like a hundred or 200 emails from different people wow. that just wanted to release bootleg stuff for them. And, and, you know, it's that kind of thing. Those are the kind of things where I'm like, these guys like are, are 10 step ahead. They're always thinking on how to innovate, particularly in a year where, you know, they couldn't tour. And I'm sure that's a big uh, percentage of their income, right? So they had to look for another way into like how to interact with people, make, make more content and more money. And again, really, they're like amazing. <laughs> so definitely check it out and, and let me know once you once you start grasping i mean you're you're watching the, uh, seeing the the websites so i already have an idea but once you start um you know interacting with their content and, and seeing how they interact with people please let me know what you think it's i think it's it's something amazing i definitely will <laughs> awesome awesome so um we're almost ending we're almost closing i want to ask you and obviously because you already give advice to a lot of musicians and bands on how to do things properly but i want to talk about people that want to start working in the music business industry any particular advice that you would just give to these people like you know that they were like like us a couple of months ago where they're working on their day, day jobs and like miserable and they just want to break in in the music industry what, what advice would you tell them? I think the first thing to do, um, the best step that myself, and I, I know Matt can probably attest to this as well, is if you can get a job as, or if you can volunteer for a music magazine or music website as a contributor doing reviews or writing news pieces, even if it's not paid, that is the best way to get your foot in the door because I worked as a music journalist for seven years. Most of that was not paid, um, but it allowed me to ex extend my network so significantly. And then that led to more and more job opportunities like the one that I just told you about um, at the beginning of the call. So um, it, it, but at the same time, it can be an industry where it is normalized to work for free or for a very low pay rate or more hours than what you're being paid for. So once you have that experience, it's then really about backing yourself and only accepting work that is paid um, at a certain point. Because, and that may take a couple of years until you feel comfortable, but I know that that's one of the biggest leaps that I had to make because I was volunteering my time or I was just getting paid a really low rate. And then there came a point of time where um, I kind of felt like I'd learned enough and I'd stopped growing. And that was when it was time to go for paid jobs or that was actually time when I went out on my own and started my consulting business. And I was confident in doing that. So first of all, get the experience, just get your foot in the door, like work for free. Like that is totally fine. If you'll, in, if you enjoy the work, it, it won't matter. But once you have learned enough and once you um, have got that experience under your belt, uh, take the leap and um, do try and get paid for your time and work because not doing so perpetuates this idea that you can't make money in the music industry and the music industry is, um, you know, the, the broke musician complex and yeah. that there's not a lot of money to be made. Um, it is up to us as individuals to really uh, campaign for ourselves and advocate for ourselves. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, I always say to bands, you're the 
the one setting the ticket prices. So if you want to make more money, you got to increase the ticket prices because it's not the nineties anymore. You can charge more than five, $10 to get into a show. Yeah. Um, you should probably should be charging 15, 20, $25 for a local bill. And people are quite happy to pay that inflation, right? So um, don't forget that uh, that kind of stuff is always in your control as well. I agree. And also being in, as, a, as a music journalist, I, I write for Ghost Cold Magazine and that actually has opened me and given me a lot of uh, new contacts, new interesting contacts. And uh, having said that, well, this is going to air on Friday, but uh, thanks to Ghost Cold, I'm going to be able to see the Ocean's live stream. So, uh, you know, that kind of stuff wouldn't have happened if not, I wouldn't have gotten myself into music journalism. So I, 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 journalism. So I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's it's such an incredible way to for for so many different reasons. So yeah, that's really cool. Love ghost cult. Shout out, Keithy. <laughs> yeah, Keith, the man. Awesome. Yeah. So uh Monica, thank you so much for being here. Before we go, is there anything you want to plug? Yes. So my band, The Last Martyr, has a brand new single that's coming out in just a couple of weeks from the time that this episode airs. So um, if you come and follow me on socials, then you can stay tuned when that single is launching, when you can get the pre-saves. Um, we're probably for fans of bands like Ocean Grove and Poppy, and we're kind of like hard rock with a new metal twist. Um you know, think like corn and like static X, but modern. Um, so if that appeals to you at all, or if you just want to see how I apply um, my teachings in marketing and PR and branding to my own project and watch how that unfolds, then definitely uh, follow the last matter. Awesome. I'm also going to leave the your socials uh, links on the show episode. So uh, anyone just go ahead and visit that and you will be able to see money get strut everywhere. So again, Monica, thank you so much. It's uh, it's definitely it was definitely a pleasure to wake up at four thirty in the morning to talk with you about music, <laughs> uh, but feels great. It's it's definitely also a, always a, a growing experience being able to to speak with people that also have the perspective of the of the marketing side of, of things. So thank you so much for accepting the, the invitation. Well, thank you for waking up at 4.30 in the morning to talk to me. And thank you for having me on the podcast. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to leave you guys with The Last Martyr. And this is The Light as a Ghost.
that was The Last Martyr with the track Like a Ghost. Make sure to visit the episode's notes so you can follow both Monica and her band The Last Martyr. Now we move on to Italy with the melodic death metal band Reality Grey and the track Multidimensional Hollow.
That was Reality Grey with the track Multidimensional Hollow from their album Beneath This Crown, which will be out on May 7th. Moving north to Sweden, this is Ascog with the track Venter.
just heard Ascock with their track Venter from the album Varp Napper, which will be out on May 12th. I apologize if that's not the correct pronunciation, but I don't speak Swedish. So we're reaching the end of the episode, and I want to thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure to check the rest of the Unsolicited Opinion Metal podcast content, and also check the rest of the podcast from the Music Business Daily podcast group. Next episode, we'll have the crossover thrash metal band Bushido Code. We're supposed to have them for this episode, but scheduling issues did not make it possible. But we'll finally have them with us on the next one. So stay tuned. Remember to follow the Unsolicited Opinion Metal podcast on all social media platforms. And now to close this episode, this is from the album Batum Ruth, Washington Soap Opera. This is Shadow People and the track Every Man as such. Thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one.
what the they do, what they will pay, what they can't keep from paying for the welfare of the people of Louisiana, and we expect to have this state ruled by the people and not by the Lord and the interest of high finance. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.